Hello, welcome to Game Changer. Monday through Friday, David Villa and our crew dive into God's Word and talk about how to take principles from the Bible and apply them to our daily lives. Thanks so much for listening, and here's our host. Hey guys, welcome to Game Changer. Good morning. It's a good day to have a good day. (laughs) That's good. You sound like a, that sound like a, like... Like full house, like wake up San Francisco or something. You know, he's like, it's a good day. Like something Danny Tanner would say. It's a good day to have a good day. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. This week we've been talking about Love Note. Um, The first day we started out talking about, um, actually that was the first day was. First day you weren't here. Oh, no wonder I don't remember. The 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 (laughs) first first day you left me hanging. She stood me up. The second day was about husbands love your wives. Oh, you remember that one? Yeah, better love them. What was the second day? Keep them. What do we What do we transition into the third day? And that was wives respect your husbands. Ooh. And so this morning I was just pondering on that, like how do you do that? How do you do that <clears throat> in, in in a way that honors God? And I think one of the things that are really really important to be able to do that is that you have to in the scripture. It sounds crazy when I when I say this, but the scripture in Genesis, Genesis two twenty five, and it said uh, the husband and the wife were naked and unashamed. That's a small like condensed version. It's a they little had bit to work out. Because if I mean, I'm just going to make a little side note. Because if if you listen, I mean, sometimes you know, naked and unashamed, you had to work out, right? Go ahead. No, no. But here's I just what to it make is. Diana, Diana That's actually my point to that. They were naked and unashamed, meaning every flaw was out in the open to be seen, and yet they still loved one another. They still honored one another. All the good and badly was all the good and bad was exposed, mm-hmm. and yet they still seen each other through the eyes of Christ. And so I think one of the things I'm going to put that that's a word picture of natural, right? They were naked. But here's the thing that's really really important to be able to love your wives as Christ loved the church, and then also honor and respect your your husbands is you have to have good communication. And there can't be anything in hidden. We have to be able to come to one another and say what we're thinking, what we're feeling, even if we're crazy. Like we're totally, you know, out of our mind. We got to be able to say that without fear. Here's the thing. They were standing in front of one another, naked and unashamed, and they were not fearful that they were going to be rejected by the other one. They were confident and trusted that they were going to be embraced by one another because they seen each other for exactly who they were. There was nothing hidden. Every mole, every freckle, every dimple, every scar, it was there out there in the open. And sometimes we just need to get things out in the open so that we're not withholding because it's those things that we withhold a lot of times that ultimately leads to the inability to love like Christ loved the church, the inability to respect and honor because we may be fearful of if we bring this out, what will that cause? So I think it's really, really important to get back to that basic thing, naked and unashamed in every area of your life, your thoughts, your your spiritual walk, you know, your emotions, all of the above, that you are able to go to one another naked and unashamed, even in our ugliness and in our good times. That's good. That's good. Amen. Amen. Um, well, let me ask you this. So <clears throat> speak to husbands. <clears throat> Don't speak to me. Don't speak to me. Speak to, well, speak to men. I'll still be side-eyeing, guys. <laughs> Let me throw this out there too, because if you're watching right now, I think I just feel like the need again to, to you know, we're, we're speaking so much on husband and wife. And if you're not married and you're watching, you know, what does this have to do with me? You know, I really, I really want, and, and a lot of times when we, when you talk, the church 
because society has removed moved so far away from God's plan um, with with men with men and women and you know and sometimes you can read certain things. There was a comment yesterday. It wasn't a negative comment. It was just a comment that ooh that sounded kind of old school and you know. But I want to just point out that God's plan for men and and women and His plan is the perfect plan for it. And it's a it's not a like one's you know higher than the other. You know that that old school mentality like you know when it's talks about honoring your husband or respecting your husband like you know you better honor me. That men, let me tell you something. That's not what it's about. Your machoism. There's no room for that. That's not what that's about. You know, we your your wife doesn't need the gladiator. You know what I'm saying? She needs you to love her. But so I want to point out that that some of the things we're saying here, you have to look at the definition. And look at the meaning, and we're going to try to help you hopefully explain that, that God intended, what his word says about it. And it's totally different than what what you think that might mean. And it's also different, though, way different than what society paints the picture. It's God's plan, because society's picture and plan leads to uh, to void. It leads to unhappiness, ultimately, and, and really a lack of fulfillment. So speak to husbands, and I'm going to speak to wives, or speak to men that aren't married, and I'm going to speak to women who aren't married. So I'm going to speak after you, and I'm going to say something, and I want you to speak, though, from two guys listening right now on how to prepare for your wife or treat your wife, how to love your wife. Say, Speak to those guys and say, from a wife's perspective, what loving your wife means. Not to me, to, to the men. Go ahead. Try it. <laughs> That's on the spot, guys. I would say um, learning to listen. I think that sometimes not listen even just to I words. Said, don't speak to me. Oh, oh, no, never mind. Go ahead. Sometimes the, the words, what you're needing to listen to is not the words <clears throat> that are being said, but the things that are not being said by body language, by emotions, by the way they're handling their daily tasks. So I think to be able to do that, you have to learn to listen and be in tune with where they're at and what they're thinking. And if you don't know, ask questions. I think it's the things that cause, I think, divides or or isolation is the things that are are not not just the things that are said. So we always go back, especially so if you've gone the, through bad relationships. In bad relationships, mm-hmm. no matter what. So you can apply this to any relationship, husband and wife, girlfriend and boyfriend, friends, often things that go sour, not just based on the things that are said and done. A lot of times, if you really go back and reflect, it's the things that were not said and not done that cause us to withdraw <clears throat> and isolate or cause dissension in relationships. So I would say, learn how to shut your pie hole and open those two things on the side of your face <laughs> and open these, these eyes to be able to read beyond what is being said with words. Yeah. So, okay. So here's my turn now. I'm going to speak to women. And, and so but before I'm going to set, set, a, set a, a, a frame for both men and women. Okay. And again, I'm going to say this. You, m- women, your husband doesn't need, listen, hear me, they need to, but it's not a requirement. God's requiring us to respect, not for that guy better earn my respect. Men, God's requiring us to love, not she needs to, I mean, she needs to be lovable. That is the point. Here's the thing I've learned with Christianity, no matter what it is. When I begin to complain about her, God doesn't go, you're right. See, we're a guy. If I go to complain, man, 
gosh, Diana's in a bad, a man will go, yeah, I mean, my wife is in a bad mood. You know, guys will do that. God doesn't go, yep, you're right. He goes, he starts dealing with you. Listen, if you guys are honest and you've ever went to the Lord and you've ever tried to say, tell on your wife or tell on your husband, he'll deal with you. He'll always point it back to you because here is the thing. Before I get into my statement to women, men, you're required to love your wife. Yes, you want her to be lovable. Yes, it would help to, but you're required to love your wife even as Christ loved the church and he gave his life. Let me just ask you, are you ever, if you were Jesus, would you ever think that you're unlovable, that you maybe deserve to not be loved, but he still loves you? So if he, that's what he's trying to say. And the respect, women, is something that is also what God says to do. Respect your husband. And there's a reason he does it. it. Your husband does need to earn and work towards it. It would be better. He does need to get better. But that's God's, only the Lord can make someone better, not you. You can't change anyone. And so can I just say this, that, that, that the, res, the respect is something that God is saying to give that man, that husband, in love to the wife because he knows how he made us. And so can I just say wives, I'm speaking to the wives or women, your husband needs your respect and it runs deep. God put it there. And there's no one in the entire world that he needs to feel that respect from more than you. He doesn't need to respect it from his coach, his friends, his buddy. He needs it from you. And God's entrusted you women with a power greater than you can understand Okay, you have the power, and it's in your words, and it's in your actions to make your husband feel like he can do anything with your respect, with your trust in him and your faith in his ability and calling. Your husband can take on the world, but understand that, listen to this, with just a few words, you can destroy your man. When you say with your words or actions, words or actions, I don't believe in you, he's done. That might not be something you knew, but you need to know that. That is Bible. So that's what I'd like to say. So now open it up for discussion, conversation, what you think. <laughs> um, your toes under, your toes, get your toes get stepped on. No, I was going to take a sledgehammer to yours actually. <laughs> but, um, you Look know, that, it's yeah. true. It's true. Dubai. And I'm going to go back to something that we talked about Thank yesterday. You, Respect is actually about the freedom. And this goes back to even the scripture. And that was Genesis 2.22 <clears throat> about being naked and unashamed. Mm-hmm. Respect is actually about the freedom to be yourself and to be loved for who you are. In a healthy relationship, respects looks like talking openly and honestly with each other, listening to each other, valuing. That's a really big key, valuing what you have, valuing the gift of God that he has given you. Value each other's feelings and needs, mm-hmm. fears, wants, desires. So we have to value those things, even if they're not what we don't want. We need to value them and respect them and honor them because we love them and we want good things. Like we got we to gotta sometimes plug into why we started to begin with. And we talked about that even in finding our why in life. We have to remember, and I think that starts with before you ever get in relationship, mm-hmm. you got to already have some predetermined things that you, you know, groundwork or or beliefs or non-negotiables in relationships, some things that you're not going to sway from, like things are going to be this way. This is what, make sure that you have the same values of relationships and they're grounded and intertwined with the word of God. They have to be grounded in in that and the truths of God's word. So I, I think that some things we're trying to, put together what we feel about relationships as we're entering into one versus already having a determination of what, and not unrealistic, right? Not, you know, it's not going to be rainbows and butterflies. It's it's not going to be Disneyland all the time. There's yeah, it's gonna not be- Prince Charming and Cinderella. 
right? It's not. It's go ahead. It's not. It's it really it really it really isn't. It's not going to be that all the time. He it, has Cinderella. Huh? I have yes, the frog. You, <laughs> but I'm just saying. But it's not Prince. It's, it, let's, and when let's I may say Cinderella, you guys thought I meant something else. I was talking about the Cinderella scrubbing the floors. Let, let me ask you this. So um, being serious for a second, um, I think that Disney's done us a disservice. You know, not literally just Disney, but society's done us a disservice because people can come into a relationship. The divorce rate is through the roof. The the length of marriages, how people can get into marriages and even within the first year go, you know, I'm out and give up on it is because I think that we've, we've, we've looked at this through a Disney lens versus a scriptural lens, meaning that we look at it from Prince Charming and Cinderella and we look at the happily ever after, but see, they don't talk about day two that it's just like, I found the man, I found the woman, right? The shoe fit. Okay. Come live in my castle. And they lived happily ever after, but they don't go into day two, you know? So I think that maybe they've done us a disservice and because we have a Disney lens versus a, a Bible lens. What do you think? Well, I think you, again, you have to predetermine some things about relationships. I think even the ugly things as far as predetermined um, how conflict, conflict resolution, how you're going to do that, you know, and and you have to already know how, how you're going to kind of, you know, work your way through that um, so that it's not taking you by surprise when a storm comes because it's going to come, right? So you have to already have a, a storm plan. Here in Florida, we have hurricane, like preparation kits. You need to have a storm preparation kit in your, your relationships so that you know, so that you don't pull out bad tools, but you pull out fresh tools, fresh water, fresh food, right? When you're caught in those situations. So I think you need to, and you're not, you won't settle for, you know, remnants, but you already have it prepared that this is what we're going to do through this. Now I get it. It's in the heat of discussion. Sometimes it's hard to, to do that, but I think you have to be on the same ground beforehand so that at least somewhere in the middle of sometimes even conflict, conflict resolution, someone can be the person to put the flag and go, Hey, you know what? This is getting beyond what we kind of committed beforehand. Here's another thing in marriage. I think commitment is really, really important. We're not committing to what we committed to, right? We're, 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 we're okay with tapping out and instead of staying committed. So I think you also have to have your, even before in relationships, before you get in deep into marriage and even probably even engagement, you're just in those beginning stages. You need to be talking about what, you know, what types of things, your belief as far as when, when and if, and I'm going to let people determine for them what that is, you tap out. Um, thankfully, for whatever reason, um, before I even met David, I, I came, grew up in a broken home, and I already made a, a decision in my heart that I was not going to raise my family in a broken home. Now, my idea of a broken home was different. My idea was... Um, you know, mom and dad not in the same household. So I determined in my heart that I just wasn't going to raise kids in a broken home because I knew, you know, what I experienced through that. Now, you can occupy st space in a home and still be broken. So you got to also address those things. And I want to go back well, to because the because the reality is that's a great thing to say, and she did that. But you know, if you in in, in we've heard and we've gotten into arguments over the years. We've been married going on twenty nine years. So understand, you know, that's a long time. And we've, I've known that about her um, because we've gone through these last three decades where she's mentioned that. Um, usually, though, the way I found that out is in deep arguments where in times when we've really gone through, I'm talking, guys, I mean, like, you know, like 
life and death marriage situation, not physical, life and death of your marriage, meaning it's going to make it or not make it. I'm talking deep, deep arguments, counseling, things of that nature. And the times I've heard her say that were the times when she said, I told myself I wouldn't do that, but one day the kids are going to be grown. So here's the problem with that statement. And I think maybe this is where you're getting into. The problem with that statement is that's not enough of a deadline. The real deadline is when you said, hey, for better, for worse, sickness and health till death do his part because that's what God heard. God didn't just hear until these kids are raised. So I, I, you told yourself that as a kid because you came through it. I told myself that same thing, you know, in many ways, maybe didn't make it as much of a promise, but you know what? I came from a broken home. I was four years old when my parents divorced and I told myself that I don't want that, right? I want to be better than that. And the reality- I interject what you, you just mentioned, the book that you just mentioned. Oh. Well, she asked a message in. There's a quote here. from a book that says, marriage isn't here to make you happy. It's here to make you holy. But when mm. you pursue holiness, happiness comes. And the book's called Sacred Marriage. It's good. Um, you know, we are trying to pursue the things that make us feel good. But sometimes holiness isn't always something that makes us feel good in the moment, that process of holiness. But if we stay true the, to the process and allow that to work its way through, um, it does bring happiness. That's a really good, you know, and sometimes we got to trust in the Lord with all our hearts and that our own understanding and all our ways, acknowledge him. He'll direct our path. And as he directs it, he directs us because he wants good things for us. So, um, yeah. yeah, but I mean, would you agree? I mean, let's 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 just strip it down and get like real for a second and have some conversations, you know, with experiences that we've gone through. Because I mean, I think that's what's really going to bring, you know, bring some um, some freedom in this area as well. So let's get a little little bit, you know, transparent here. I mean, there's been times where that decision that you made wouldn't have been enough, and you know, um, but you have to go beyond that decision. It, and I'll say this: this is what I mean. Like when I say Disney's done a disservice. I mean, I love Disney movies, and you know, I'm a big kid at heart, and 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 that's not what this is about. I'm saying it's done a disservice with that whole the, the way society views relationship. If you look at the way Disney princess looks at a Disney prince, or vice versa, you 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 know, they didn't have five seconds of conversation. Like they didn't. I mean, it's like they walk into the the ball. Cinderella walks in. He sees her. He's like, ah. Oh. He bypasses all the other ladies. He goes over, he grabs her, they dance. And really the conversation is about as shallow as it gets. It's like, oh, you know, you look so pretty. You know, and all of a sudden they fell in love, right? And then she leaves. And then, you know, because she was beautiful in a blue dress, you know, and she, you know, was wearing glass slippers, he wanted to marry her and she wanted to marry him. The reality is that's not what it's about. And so when we're getting into the love and respect thing, it is what true relationship is about. And, and I will say this, that, you know, I, I love Diana. I fell in love with Diana. I remember the butterflies and I remember how it feels when you when you think about, okay, I, I can't wait to be around them. And, and that's oh, to say you remember you know, them, you experience them. <laughs> yes. Still, Now currently. it's not as much butterflies. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but I remember the butterflies. I mean, let's just face it, the butterflies, I can't wait to see her. You know, the same thing. You know, you, you, you see those types You're of- You're not doing a good job right now, man. Yes, I am. Oh, I'm doing, I'm talking, funny. I'm telling the truth. Let's, let's just, let's, 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 let's Listen, so I remember the butterflies. I remember, I remember, look, let's just, let's just count a spade a spade. In 29 years, there was a time where you're like, I can't wait to get Dave, David to come home. I guarantee you, you've thought of many a time, gosh, David's about to get home. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so let's just say this. Look, so I remember the time when the butterflies were there. I remember the time when those types of feelings were there. But I will tell you, as time goes on, listen, hear me. Love is a choice. More than it's a feeling, it's a choice. And if you don't get that down in your spirit, 
and you don't understand that that is in the, in in it's 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 a choice and when that choice is made every time that that a choice needs to be made i choose to love it it is it it, it, it you won't make it in 30 years i can tell you if somebody asked me the secret it is not we didn't quit and we didn't quit because of a choice not a feeling if it were about a feeling i would have quit a thousand times and so would have you and so that's the problem. And so in what we're saying about love and respect, because the Bible really doesn't get, if you look at it, it's like it gives, it talks about relationships, but it really doesn't go, it's, it, it's, it's not as deep as like a psychologist would get. It's, it's like very simplistic. And so maybe you think, you know, when it comes to like, like women, for instance, you think I'm overstating or understating a wife's need for respect. You go, well, wait a second, a wife needs love, but what about respect? They're supposed to give respect, but what about respect? And maybe I am, overstating it or understating it. But listen to this. And I don't know your marriage dynamic, or, but the point is, it's not my opinion on this or Diana's opinion on this. It's what the Bible says and how we can apply it to our marriages and our relationships. We're all different. So we need to take the time to learn our spouse's respect language. And you know what? A good question. We don't do this by nature. We have to make ourselves do this kind of stuff. The best way to start, right, is ask, what speaks respect to you? Not when, you're in the, not when you're in the middle of an argument. I can tell you, if, we're, if we already, it's too late for that particular conversation. If we're already hot and heavy into something, it's not the time for me to go, hey, Diana, by the way, what speaks respect to you? She'd be like, you know, you jumping off a bridge. You know what I'm saying? Like, or, you know, that, that's not the time. But the time is when you are not disagreeing and when things might be going right. Put a rubber band around your wrist, whatever you got, put an alarm, whatever you've got to do. And then ask that question, hey, can I ask you something? What speaks respect to you in a time where you can talk about it so you can learn it and then apply it at the right time? And it even prevents the arguments. And I'm not telling you that we have a PhD in this, you know, um, you know, I, at, at all, you know, a PhD, PhD, unless PhD stood for like, you know, uh, something else, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be quick on my feet. I couldn't, but like, you know, pretty heavy disagreement, <laughs> you know what I mean? PhD, pretty heavy disagreement. We do have that. I think that comes down to predetermined non-negotiables before you enter into those situations, that you have to have those conversations before you really get deep into a relationship so that you both understand. Because I think understanding those right. things also, um, and, and not just saying, but what, what does respect, what does love look like to you? Everyone's love language is not the same. And so you also have to know what that is. So I think it's really important. Relationships are not... Um, make or break based on where you're at. They're how you started and the foundations you started on and remembering back to those things when tough times come. Also, you know, evaluating those in the good times. It's a lot, you know, I think making an appointment and making it a, a intentional to even in good seasons reflect back to why. So you're, you're um, not just going back to those things when things are tough, but you're also doing it when it's good and just doing a, you know, you don't take your car. Sometimes you just go for service and there's just some, like, not even maintenance needing to be done. You just need to do a checkup. Mm -hmm. Or the doctor, you go for a checkup. It's not because things are bad. It's just you just want to check up and just so you can tweak a few things. Maybe life's been busy and you haven't tapped into one another, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what your goals are, what, you're, what you see the future looks like. Because that's another thing that happens. Is as time progresses and you, you get, you know, deeper into career and family and children and, you know, as you get older, you're caring for, you know, maybe parents or, or extended family. There's so many different 
there are things grandchildren. Um, maybe maybe you find yourself that you're kind of a, you know fostering in some way other people. You're pouring into them, mentoring as that goes in. Your goals change in life, and where you feel like where you started to head to isn't where you're actually headed to now because as those as you've regressed in life, your goals have changed. So I think also making sure that you're headed on the same path, and if you're not recognizing you're not on the same path and coming to a determination, how do we get on the same path? Yeah. Yeah, and, and so as we tomorrow we're gonna we are gonna shift gears as we end this topic. We're gonna talk about leading with love. So we're gonna talk. We're gonna get outside of the marriage relationship per se. And we're gonna talk about leading. So we're gonna it's gonna impact everything. If you're a parent, if you're a business owner, if you're a leader, if you're a minister, if you're a husband, a wife, or whatever it is, you lead anything and anybody. Right. We're gonna talk about that. So you don't want to miss tomorrow. But really quick, so we can we can kind of sew this up. You know, looking at the proper definition of love. We went over the definitions of love in the Bible, and there's there's multiple kinds. And understanding that a husband is required to love his wife, the kind of love, right, that Christ showed when he gave his life, and that is that is hard, gentlemen. It is hard, but it is required. You're supposed to lay down your life, meaning that you're supposed to look to your wife, care about her over yourself. And that is very difficult because we are selfish people. We we all care about ourselves. Everybody cares about themselves no matter what you say. And so also looking at the proper definition of respect, you know, the Bible talks about that. And, and in 1 Peter 2, it says, show respect to everyone. But that word is means teme in, in the Greek, and it means to honor. But the one but the one that's in Ephesians 5, when it says, wife, respect your husbands, is stronger. It's phibo. Not Phoebe on Friends, but Phoebo. It means respect, treat with regard or reverence. It's a, it's a deeper kind of respect. It's not the kind of respect that you show to the military or the kind of respect that you show to your, your pastor or the kind of respect that you show to even your parents. It's not that kind of respect. That's more to me, honor, attribute value. But when it gets to a wife, to her husband, it is to treat with regard and reverence. That's not David. That's the Bible. But also love. It's not how you love your parents or love this person or love your neighbor or love your cousin or love it is, or even your kids. It is a different kind of love. It is a love gentleman that is like Jesus. That's deep and that's hard. So those are the things that he says. And that's why if you want to look, we can go, Hey, I just don't agree with that. Or I don't know. That's kind of deep or that's kind of old fashioned or whatever you want to say. Here's the reality. The first marriage to the marriage. Now look at the divorce rate. The divorce rate, very small to very big. So as you as you can see, over time, we've gotten away from God's plan. And all we need to do is just make that change in ourselves, right? Before you can change it in your neighbor. So be that example. Be, be that example. And you cannot, you're not going to go through your 30 years or even yesterday without an argument and a disagreement. You can get better at that. But that's not, what's, that's not what it's based on. And I can tell you that you can still be a testimony just simply by the fact that you're married 30 years. And before you know it, you can think, mar- my marriage is not where it needs to be. It's just not good. But then all of a sudden you're like, well, how long have you guys been married? Oh, 40 years or 45 years. And can I just be honest with you? At some point, you're going to die. At some point, 45 years, 50 years, my grandparents were married 61 years almost when my grandfather my grandfather died. He was not, almost 90 years old. They were married for 61 years. Can I just say this? I found out this 89-year-old man I found out from my grandfather, my grandmother, that they almost called it quits at 54 years. They almost divorced at 54 years. And they just didn't. Can I just say this? They had a successful marriage. They didn't kill each other over 61 years. They made it 61 years. 
You go, well, they argued or they did this or they did that. Or, you know, he was selfish or she was 61 years. That's making it. Can I just say that eventually you could be looked at and go, you, you got something that, 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 that 65% of the society doesn't have because they're divorced. And that's what I'm talking about. So 29 years, babe, 29 years. I, I would say <clears throat> that when you said that, I mean, it is a testament. They were great. David's grandparents were great people. They were loving. I love them both very much. But um, I, I want to make sure that I'm enjoying the journey along the way. I don't want to just make it to the finish line and go, man, I wasted 61 years. <laughs> I want to finish, get hit to the finish line wasted. and say that I enjoyed the journey. And though I had to stop at pitfalls and, you know, regroup and, you know, maybe mend some broken legs, broken hearts that when I look back over the course of time that I can say the Lord was with me, that when I remained faithful to Him, He helped us stay the course, but I enjoyed the journey, even the good and the bad, but that I enjoyed it. I want to enjoy my journey when I look yeah. backwards. And so I just want to end it with the scripture is James 1 19, which I think is really key to any relationship. And I was talking about listening and, and, and speaking and listening, but understand this is in the amplified version. Understand this, my beloved brothers and sisters, let everyone be quick to hear, be a careful, thoughtful listener, hearing not only what's said, but what is said with our actions are really important. And that, that was my interjection. Slow to speak, a speaker of carefully chosen words. You know, sometimes we carefully choose darts in our words. So we need to be carefully choosing words that speak life, Amen. even in dead situations or dark times. So carefully chosen uh, words. Mm -hmm. Slow to anger. And how, about, how, how often do we just let the smallest of things, it's like that one thing. Set us off that the camel that broke the straw. You know, the straw that broke the camel's back so you know slow to anger patient and slow to anger means you're patient reflective and forgiving we gotta forgive we gotta let things go and realize what's important uh, for the resentful deep-seated anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God that standard of behavior which he requires from us. So get rid of, well, let me just start there. So it, I, I'm just saying that leads us back to the righteousness of God. If we can be slow to speak, quick to, mm -hmm. to listen, not you know, forgive, reflect, be patient, it will example and produce Amen. the righteousness of God in your life and in your relationships. Amen. Don't miss day five tomorrow as we wrap this series up. Thank you all for tuning in today. We hope you guys are enjoying this series, and we will be back tomorrow to wrap it all up. But I have a couple of things I want to mention before we head out. If you guys would like, we have a daily encouragement text that goes out every single day. You can opt into it for free. You can text the letters EZGC to 813-522-3356. If you're with us live on YouTube, thank you all for being with us. We appreciate you guys being here. But if you can't make it to the live stream, you can always keep up with us in two ways. Go to our YouTube channel, which you're already close to being there. Hit the subscribe button and hit the bell below so that you get notified when we upload the uh, replays and when we go live. And you can also go to your favorite audio podcasting platform and hit the subscribe button on our feed, Apple Podcast being the biggest one. If you're listening to this episode or watching on replay, you can always join us live every single morning, Monday through Friday at 8.30 a.m. EST. Make sure that you guys hit the bell so you get notified when we go live. If you guys would like, make sure you follow us on Instagram. We post short bite-sized clips of the podcast episode, phone wallpaper, shareable graphics of quotes from the show, and much, much more. 
And our newest Bible plan is live. Red Light, Green Light is a five-day reading plan on version of the Bible app. Make sure that you guys go find it, subscribe to it, read through it, and then let us know what you think. But thank you all for tuning in today. We hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. We'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning as we wrap up the series. And on that note, we out. Thanks so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want to connect further, check out the David Villas Game Changer group on Facebook. We'll see you next time on the next episode of Game Changer.